Bet365 sponsors our podcast and they feature over 300,000 sporting events on their betting app. It's got everything you need to bet on sports. Bet365 are offering a wide range of markets including first, last or anytime goal scorers with over 45 million members. It's the world's favourite online betting company. With the Bet365 Bet Builder, you can combine match results, players to score, number of goals and more to create your own personalised bets. And if you can't watch the games live with Bet365's Match Live feature, you can follow every moment through live graphics and text. Bet365 is the world's favourite online sport betting company and the app can be downloaded from Google Play and Apple App Store over 18s only. Please gamble responsibly. Welcome to the Molyneux View podcast with me, Jackie Oatley, and your Wolves correspondent for The Athletic, Tim Spears, who is recording this podcast somewhere in the vicinity of Bramall Lane. Where are you? I'm in the car park of Bramall Lane. Just there's a little stadium there. Oh, Everybody's the kind of you didn't creeping take out. My, uh, you didn't take my tip then to go into the Copthorne Hotel in the corner and find a quiet corner, no. Yeah, you tried to lead me astray. You're sending me to dodgy hotels. I'm sure you've done many, many times in your life. My now husband nearly got beaten up the um, last time we went there, but anyway. <laughs> yeah, no, no um, it's, um, it's 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 a mere one hour after the full time whistle, and uh, we're so excited by the start of the season. We have just got to do a podcast, haven't we? We have to. We have to because what a difference. 10 weeks makes i can't even believe it's been that long if you cast your minds back to the 8th of july when john egan's thumping header in the 93rd minute followed a defeat by arsenal compounded that defeat and wolves obviously ultimately ended up missing out on europe but it was a horrible feeling that night when we recorded a pod then wasn't it it was just a horrible feeling it was a game wolves could have won they should have managed the game better they didn't but a very different story tonight tim yeah, we were a bit worried, weren't we? Because yeah, the only post-match reaction podcast we've done so far was was yeah the miserable night you've just mentioned, and here we are, first game of the season, Sheffield United away again, but it couldn't have been any different. Can I talk about Romain Saïs's uh, second half run into the penalty box yet? You can talk, <laughs> honest, you can talk about whatever about. you like, my love tonight. Anything you like. <laughs> What the hell? Where did that come from? Do you know what it reminded me of? Do you remember that um, goal that Tony Adams scored against Everton when yes. Arsenal won the league title? The 4-0, That's what it yeah. reminded me of. I was ne- honestly, I was if that went in, I was ready to whip my top off and gamble onto the pitch from the from the first <laughs> tier. Like it just came from nowhere. Uh, but that kind of just summed up a lot of what Wolves were about tonight. They were so um, so fluid in attack and people changing positions and formation was tinkered and. It was very dynamic. I wasn't expecting so many changes. You know, we know Nuno's been talking about a new cycle and a, a, a new dawn for this team. Um, but after so few days on the training ground with the, with the squad, I really wasn't expecting to see quite so many differences to the team tonight. Things like, uh, well, the set pieces were great. It looks like they've been working on them. Like I said, the, the fluidity, Pedenz, Neto, Jimenez, all interchanging positions. Dendonka was bombing forward. The wing backs as well. Um, you had Patricio moving it out from the back very quickly. Trail Ray shooting on sites. There were lots of kind of different things that you could tell that they've that they've been working on. And uh, to be honest, I know Sheffield United came close a couple of times, but so too did Wolves. They could have scored three or four in that second half, and uh, it was definitely a deserved victory. 
real credit to them because, as you said, they haven't had time to work on anything particularly different. You know, the international breaks come at a, an interesting time for them and it's just been a big challenge all round. So that's why we didn't expect many changes, wasn't it? And in terms of the team sheet initially, what were your thoughts? Surprise there? Well, no, you're right about pre-season and it's got, it got me thinking during the game, during a lull in the first half, the amount of awful pre-season games I've seen in my life. I'm thinking 4-0 defeat at home to Swansea. Uh, do you remember we lost 6-1 to Morecambe under Mick McCarthy? <laughs> uh, but all, then there was Leicester at home, which was the start of this incredible three-year journey, wasn't it? There was, but I just think we should just do away with pre-season friendlies because clearly Wolves don't need them. They haven't even had a practice game to speak of and then they can just hit fifth gear and score two goals in six minutes. Come on, two let's goals talk about these goals. <laughs> I mean, this this first goal, by the way, slightly annoyingly, I was still in the car on the way back from the childminders. You know, when you happy but you're like oh you could have waited Wolves you don't do this two minutes and 20 seconds <laughs> I bet you were so confident you weren't going to miss anything I was extremely confident I thought well I could take an hour and a half really I mean it's <laughs> at least a good hour I mean this is what Wolves do but they didn't I mean they were very unwolves like tonight but in a very good way and obviously I've played it back several times but the way the goal started from Jack O'Connell's angled ball into the Wolves penalty area Cushioned down by Marcel, who was fantastic on his debut, just very intelligent, very experienced cushioning down, no panicking, no heading it out for a throw in, straight to Neto. And then his control and touch to Matinho, his first time ball, inch perfect, classy as you like, out to Pedence on the left hand side. And he drew the what could have been, would have been a foul for Lundstrom, who dived in and missed altogether. Pedence racing forward, looked up, picked out Raul in the centre beautifully placed the ball with the inside of his right foot past Ramsdale, who's thinking, hang on a minute. I was told that Wolves wouldn't have a shot for about 60 minutes. And what a wonderful finish. That was beautifully described. You, sh you should do final score, I reckon. I think you'd be all right on that. <laughs> Move to soccer Saturday now, bub. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't know what to add to that. You've described it perfectly. Um, no, I'm sorry. I mean, they but came... they came. Yes, yes, I couldn't <laughs> believe my eyes. Your tweet uh, they made me laugh about what you normally do in the first hour of a game. Well, I've, I did switch off quite a lot towards the end of last season in the first half. You knew it was going to be nil-nil at half-time. I think somebody tweeted tonight in Wolves' last 13 games, bar one, it's been nil-nil after 40 minutes. And, you know, me and you were tweeting a lot about the nil-nils at half-time towards the end of the season. And, you know, we knew that we knew that, that wasn't ideal and uh, that Nuno wanted to change it. And he said after the game, um, it's clear that Sheffield United were going to start fast. So the message was, let's start faster. And boy, did they with yeah two in six minutes. But that that goal was just sensual. So some of the interplay, the touches. I mean, I'd love to count the seconds from one penalty box to the other. And then Jimenez's finish was just absolutely sublime. I mean, he's so he had good. Ages and he to was, think about it as well. He could have snatched. How yeah. many times do you see a ball come in like that, and the centre forward thinks, "Oh, I'm going to get clattered in a minute," and he just lashes it over the bar. But he was so so calm in that situation. He's very calm. It sort of reminded me of the Burnley goal he, he scored towards the end of last season. Again, not many players would have tried that first time. And there was another incident in the first half where he was looking to shoot on his right foot and he and he feigned a shot and moved it onto his left and curled one just over. You know, he's, I mean, he's just uber confident and knows exactly what his strengths are. I thought he was exceptional tonight. Absolutely exceptional. He's the perfect striker. I just, I love him to bits. He just, he just never gets tired. He just delivers week after week and um and yet he still wasn't man of the match which shows you how good Romain Saiz was because he was exceptional 
They did give it to him on Sky, actually. They gave him Man of the Match on Sky. Did they? But I think a lot of... Yeah, I mean, but it was... It could have been Saez, could have been Raul. He was exceptional. There was a little part of me that thought, Raul, can you just, like, not play like this for the next three weeks? Because if he carries on <laughs> yeah. like this, then his price will go up. But so too will the eyeballs on his matches and um and Raul Cam he needs to just uh, he needs to just chill a little bit between now and then because fans will start to get worried but it was wonderful and then 5 minutes 44 seconds because I played this one back several times as well at the Neto corner from the left and um I mean Sheffield United don't normally defend set pieces like that but credit to Saiz with the fact that he was having to edge back away from goal to still get the power and accuracy on his header and and completely beat Ramsdale all hands up who's thinking hang on a minute you lads told me Wolves definitely don't do this in the opening (laughs) moments of a game but a wonderful header from him it was it was brilliant my jaw was on the floor my you you know you know in cartoons when you get eyes bulging out of sockets and that was me I was like what's going on here two nearly six minutes no it was a great header and he had a great game he almost scored one in the second half as well he dropped one just past the post and Jimenez almost scored as well from a set piece clearly something they've been working on in my opinion and um capped off a, a, a well early capped off um a superb game for Saiz like I said he, he cleared one off the line he was extremely committed he was good in possession I think he helped Marcel along to the left of him as well and you know all this talk on the Molyneux view of perhaps Roman Saiz being upgraded um, for who a, for would a have to- said that Tim <laughs> hey who would say that I was just speculating not the correspondent surely <laughs> yeah. no, but that, that, there has been a lot of talk this summer you know a top centre half will come in, and Saiz said, "You know, no tonight." He said, "You don't need one. You've got me, mate." So, um, well, he said it probably in French. We <laughs> oui, oui. No, pas moi, pas moi, Timothy. Um, oh, she's got the but, guy. But do you not think that there's probably an element of him thinking, "Hang on, who they're going to sign?" And okay, they've seen this sign this Marcel guy, who's a left-footed centre half or a left wing back. And that's his place suddenly under pressure, which hasn't really been for quite some time. We've talked before about last season not having enough competition for places and players, maybe not intentionally, but subconsciously being a little bit too comfortable. Yeah, you're right. Um, and we know that's not Nuno's way to have 22 first team players with two for each position. You know, he wants he wants versatile players who can cover several positions. And Marcel covers two very well. And there was a school of thought that said, you know, will Vinagra start tonight for a bit of pace down the left? Um, and Marcel maybe at centre half, or you could move Bolly across to the left and put Dendonka at right centre half maybe. So this is good though. This these are the options that they want. And his team selection was very interesting. I mean, Wolves had it. The the cheeky Wolves Twitter account had it down as three four three, but it became very evident early on that it was that it was not a three four three. And Neto was basically playing in midfield. And I thought he did okay. I I, I wonder if it's a one off um, to counter Sheffield United's overlapping centre backs. Mm. which Wolves struggled with in both games last season and, of course, lost, as we said, um, not so long ago. But I thought Dendonka and Neto both worked tremendously hard off the ball um, in tracking back. I mean, Neto got quite deep at times and it was um, very much a sort of a, a 3-5-2 without the ball. They all worked hard. They always do, but it's still it's still worth mentioning, you know, week after week, just how impressive it is and, and how hard they all work for the team, you know, from the front to the back. Yeah, I've even got in my in my notes here about you know the key points. I even as well as the chances have popped down. Seventy fourth minute, Raúl back in the right back position. Do you remember that? Yeah, he was just yeah. working. He was just working, working, working. How many centre forwards do you see in the Premier League who are as pivotal to the side as he is, but also put in that work rate? 
it was very much a specified game plan. You had Dendonka covering Traore as well down that right hand side. You know, he was he was sat very deep, but he also popped forward Dendonka. You know, we know his energy and his running stats. And there was a lot of fluidity about their movement in the first half. You know, Pedence, Neto, Jimenez, Dendonka, Traore, Marcel, sometimes Martino, all popping forward in different areas. And Sheffield United were, were really struggling to cope. Fantastic stuff on the counter. They had a lot of possession early on as well, which, you know, that's something that Nuno wants to see more of from them this season. And then the second half was a bit more attritional. And there were, I counted three, no, four hoofed clearances where they were just smacking it into the air which is not like Wolves, and uh, they were trying to slow the slow the pace down. Um, Sheffield United, you know, they're, they're a good team, and we expected them to come on strong, and, and they did, had a couple of chances, but I thought Wolves saw it out really well, which is something they weren't doing towards the end of last season. And, um, yeah, could have easily had a couple on couple on the break. Traore with, um, with a couple of really decent efforts from range. That Saiz had a Saiz bombing forward again and hit the post, and Jimenez with a couple of chances, so... It was a 90-minute performance as well, you've got to say, which, again, is something Nuno's been calling for. Yeah, Sheffield United did have a couple of chances, didn't they? McBurney with um, a shot off the line. Saïs was there, wasn't he? Um, Connor Cody outstanding in defence. Billy Sharp with a chance. So they did have them, but Wolves were very, very calm. And it was, it was just such a fantastic all-round performance. And I just wonder about Traore, and I tweeted about this earlier. He looked like a player that had been told, you have to score more goals this season. Four last season in the Premier League wasn't enough. Two away at Man City, but then only two since then. That was October, only two since then. And it's not enough for a player of, of his attacking prowess and his ability. One of the things on the list for Wolves and him to improve on this season. Completely agree with that, Jackie. I saw it the same way. Yeah, he had options to pass to when he was when he was gallivanting. The human road runner, I mean, a couple of the runs. I mean, he made... He made uh, John Egan look a right idiot at one point, and uh, O'Connell as well. I think he took the ball with his back to goal on the left, uh, just near halfway, and then two seconds later he's in the box and <laughs> shooting just wide. I mean, he's just he's incredible. Um, and I th- yeah, I think you're right. Four goals last season, but the the manner of his shots as well. He, he seems to have a bit more power in them and a bit more elevation. So hopefully that's something we see more from him this season because, as we pointed out quite a few times last year, you know, Matt Doherty scored more goals than Traore last season, you know, for all Traore's magnificent improvement. So that's um, another string to Wolves's, uh, Wolves's bow, hopefully. But he was, yeah, he did struggle defensively at right wing back. I'd say that was one of the few weaknesses tonight and um, occasionally players got in behind him. But that's not his game, we know that. But it, it confirms to me that he's filling in at right wing back. And I know we saw Oscar Burr come on for his Premier League debut in the second half, but for me, they need to bring in a right wing back um, over the three weeks left of the transfer window. They do. Oscar Burr, Rasmussen, thoughts on his Premier League debut? Because he's only played once in the league for Wolves, and that was three years ago in the Championship. Yeah, won't forget that one. He scored, scored against Hull, scored an equaliser against Hull uh, not long before the um, not long before promotion was confirmed. And he's been a strange one, really. We've not seen much of him. Um, but he's he's hung around, which which is there's a lot of under twenty three players that can't say that. You know, Nuno kind of takes a look at you for a few months, and if if you're not doing it, then then he'll he'll move you on. But Oscar Burr's hung around, and obviously working well in training. And Nuno was confident enough to put him on, and I, I thought he was I thought he was tidy enough. I, I, don't, I don't remember getting beaten. Um, just kept it simple, as I'm sure as per instructions. So good luck to him. You know, if he's going to become an option, fantastic. I've, I've not seen enough of him in the past year to to know if, if that's the case. But um, but yeah, that, that that's probably a bit of a that's probably a bit of a weakness, as we suspected it might be. You know, you lose Matt, the player of Matt Doherty's um, 
skill and you replace him with a very attacking player who's filling in at right wing back and, and you're going to have those kind of mistakes. And if you're the opposition and if you're Manchester City and you're Pep Guardiola watching that performance tonight, you'd think he'd be very impressed with Wolves all round, but you would think they would target the right back, whoever it is, the right wing back, whether it's Triori or Oscar Burr, until Wolves get a replacement. Yeah, I mean, you know, Bolly Bolly's obviously a very accomplished uh, player to have just inside. You had Dendonka helping out as well. You had Jimenez defensively down the right as well. So he did he did have help, but if you if you if you <laughs> I mean, he's one of the fastest players in the league, but still, if you're going to nip in five yards behind him, then um, then that's an obvious area to, to target. Um, but I, I thought he got better as the game went on, the further forward he got. Um, and one of, there were quite a good quite a good number of individual strong performances tonight. Marcel was very solid. Pedence was really lively, worked tremendously hard. Cody, as you mentioned earlier, I thought he was flawless. Um, and no one really had a bad game. And what did you make of another debutant, Vitinha, off the bench? Yeah, no, it was it was a strange part of the game for him to come into, wasn't it? You know, wolves were wolves were really deep in the last kind of twenty minutes, half an hour. I was urging him to push up the field because there was a bit of an aerial bombardment, lots of crosses, set pieces, corners, and you just felt like you know, with that game in July fresh in the mind, that one of them, Sheffield United player, was going to get on the end of it and, and drop in a set piece. McBurney was winning quite a few headers, um, so Vitina didn't really have. Um, too many opportunities to show what he can do on the ball. And that's, um, I think it was more fresh legs in midfield, really, was, was what Nuno was after. So Stoke on Thursday in the Carabao is one where we can see him further forward with Wolves on the front foot, seeing lots of possession. And we can see what he can do. Yeah, you would have seen, but on Sky Sports after the match, Jamie Carragher in the studio said he quite fancied Wolves to push the top four this season. He said... He thinks the top four clubs, everyone's talking about Arsenal and Tottenham, but he said Wolves could be right up there and pushing them, which was interesting, basing it presumably on that evidence tonight. Um, I agree, and I, I, I said, it, said it last week, and we, we've swapped predictions, haven't we, J.O.? We and, have, um, unseen. <laughs> yeah, we sent them to uh, each other without looking at each other's. Absolutely, and I I, I said it on, um, on a Zoom preview we did on The Athletic last week. I, I, I think fifth is... Is a decent chance for Wolves. People always look at where teams around them have strengthened, and Chelsea have signed all these players, and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. But there's no exact science for new signings. You know that, that that they're going to come in and settle and make an immediate impact. And you know we saw the problems that Spurs had yesterday, and Arsenal. Yeah, they look great, but that was against a very poor Fulham team, in my opinion. I just think without the um, distractions of Europe this season, and the fact that Nuno can play a settled team. Week after week, hopefully, you know, we expect them to have a good injury record again. And uh, if you look at where they were post-lockdown, when they were like two points off Champions League, if they didn't have the Europa League to contend with, I think I think they would have got really close to the Champions League last season. So the fact they've kept all their star players together, the fact that Nuno's staying, the fact they've made three additions with more on the way, I think they look really strong. And I think, um, I think they've got a really good chance of cracking the top six this season and, and pushing for top four as well. Honestly, I do. Yeah, so on your predictions email, I'm looking at now, you went Wolves fifth behind Chelsea in fourth, City, United. Oh, you got Man United second. Interesting. Mm-hmm. And City third. Wow. Yeah, and you rubbish. won Spurs Overrated. sixth and Arsenal seventh. I've got a little bit more, um, <laughs> a little bit less wild. Um, I've gone Wolves in seventh yet again, but to improve Check. the points tally yet again. But I'm thinking maybe a cup. I'm thinking maybe Nuno might fancy League Cup this season for the first time. Bearing in mind uh, he's not going for promotion, he's not going for 
got the Europa League um, and I've got um, Tottenham sixth, Arsenal fifth. Uh, but after the start of the season, that could well be completely different. But who knows? The Athletic Podcast is brought to you in association with Stitch Fix, an online personal styling service that takes a hard work out of dressing well. To get started, go to stitchfix.co.uk forward slash athletic, fill in a style quiz and tell us about your personal style, your budget, your size and shape and your clothing needs and wants. A personal stylist will then send you five items of clothing, each handpicked especially for you from our selection of 100 brands, including established names and up and coming designers. Try on everything at home and style with other items in your wardrobe. You can then pay for what you love and send back the rest. For your stylist time, you pay a charge of £10, which is deducted from the cost of anything you decide to buy. Remember, you try before you buy at home. Delivery and returns are free both ways and you don't need a subscription to sign up. Stitch Fix allows you to save time because they do the shopping for you and you'll enjoy top styling tips from their experts. So get started with Stitch Fix today. Support our podcast by going to stitchfix.co.uk forward slash athletic right now. That is S-T-I-T-C-H-F-I-X.co.uk forward slash athletic. So Tim and I have just listened to Nuno's post-match press conference and he talked about the lack of friendlies. So he was very pleased with the performance on the basis that he didn't have that and he only had a few days training. He said, we were effective in the box. We stayed in the game. We worked hard to keep a clean sheet. We started aggressive. We have a lot of things to improve. Our fans must be happy. We hope they enjoyed it. It was a good game. Both teams went for it. Great credit to Sheffield United in the way they play. They push you, they create chances. But we're pleased with that because we have to make things better. Credit to the players. They prepared themselves really well. In other news, the big news this week has been Nuno finally signing his new contract, which was something that was really worrying a lot of Wolves fans. You've written a rather good article in The Athletic, which says that... um, It was never really in doubt. It was never a major worry. People behind the scenes weren't as concerned. And you can read that article by going to theathletic.co.uk forward slash Wolves pod for just £1 a month subscription right now. Um, But you're saying it was never in doubt? No. As far as I'm aware, like, like, like you've just said there, everyone was very calm behind the scenes and it was just a matter of when. You know, Nuno's committed to Wolves and he's committed until the day's not. And the day's not, you know, when he moves on for another club, um, I don't think his contract would have anything to do with it personally and you know manager contracts work very differently to player contracts and you know we've seen Bielsa was out of contract this summer Guardiola's out of contract next summer it doesn't it does it doesn't seem to make any difference to their those teams uh spending in terms of bringing players in and um, and the commitment the managers show in and, and it was the same with Nuno I think it was just a matter of, of getting it done and obviously um Covid got in the way of that, and then they tried to have a break in the summer. And then, as soon as he came back from his break, they've um, it's moved relatively quickly. Discussions have gone briskly, and they've signed him up on on three more years. So, what what it does is show that he's he's at this moment in time committed in the long term to Wolverhampton Wanderers. And I think when, once they started signing players for thirty five million this summer, you know, it's obvious that Nuno was going nowhere anyway. Um, but yeah, he's, it seems like he's motivated by what's to come in terms of, as he's spoken about last week, very interestingly, you know, a new cycle for this team. And we've spoken about it on the podcast last season, how 
Wolves won't become a top four slash top six team regularly by playing a sort of a defensive counter-attacking style, you know, not scoring many goals, a bit of a meagre goal difference, you know, it improved last season. It was plus one two years ago and it was plus 11 last season, but still they need to be scoring more goals. And it's much easier said than done because, you know, Wolves have prided themselves on this defensive rigidity and this excellent defensive record. And, you know, they keep so many clean sheets. They're so hard to beat. So once you start opening up, and changing formations maybe and changing personnel and becoming more attacking it can't be at the expense of this of this fantastic defensive record so it's it's a great challenge he's obviously going to be backed in the transfer market and i think once he knew that Foson's ambitions you know continued to match his that spending wasn't going to be slowed that they're still going to splash out on club record signings that um that, that there was no question he was going to go you know he gets autonomy at wolves i've, I've said it time and again if he moved up the ladder to an elite club, he would not have the autonomy and the freedom that he does at Wolves in terms of recruitment, in terms of working closely with George Mendes, his great friend. Um, he's got a great working relationship with Jeff Shee. Everybody knows their roles. It seems, it's, you know, it's, 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 very, um, it's very effective. And he wouldn't get that elsewhere. You know, he might have someone else in charge of recruitment who's going to just give, give him players, but Nuno still gets the final stay on transfers. So all that is very important. And um, he seems very happy, like I said, and very enthused about, about the challenge ahead. So you don't think he needed any kind of reassurance from Foson that they were willing to spend? Do you think that knowledge was always there? I mean, there's never been any signs of Foson spending slowing down. You know, it's 100 million last summer. It was 100 million the season before. And obviously everybody's going to be spending less apart from Chelsea uh, this summer due to the uncertainty over everything that's happening and nobody knows what their income levels are going to be this season. We know we know fans at the games, etc. But Foson's ambitions have still showed no signs of slowing down and Jeff Shee's been talking recently again about wanting to make them one of the biggest clubs in the world. So you can't get much higher than Foson's ambitions. And um, like I said, with the autonomy he's got, his love of the players and I think the fact that Jimenez, Traore, Neves are all staying as well, you know, as it stands, then why would you want to look elsewhere? And we were both in on Nuno's press conference ahead of the Sheffield United match when he was asked about Connor Cody. And it was such a lovely answer that he gave about his captain making his England debut. He was he was like a proud father, wasn't he? He clearly absolutely adores that player as much as the supporters do, if not probably more. He gives so much to his players. He gives so much energy to them and they give it him back as well. He's got a fantastic relationship with, with, with many of them, including Cody. And it was lovely. He said, I don't know, I, I've lost count of how many times I've hugged him, he said. And... <laughs> um, and he said, no, he was, he was, you know, he was really emotive, wasn't he, when he was talking mm, about it? Absolutely. And he said, you know, words cannot describe what Connor Cody has done. He said, it's, it's absolutely wonderful and amazing what he's done. He said it should make him stronger and a better player for Wolves. You know, he said um, Cody had told him before the game that he was nervous, obviously, as you would be, um, which is, uh, you know, an unusual thing for Cody. He won't be used to getting those kind of nerves anymore. Um, but Nuno said once he's kind of dealt with that, you know, different level of pressure performing in front of performing for the nation and in front of the nation and knowing that if you make a mistake, you're going to be absolutely castigated by millions of people, you know, not thousands at Wolves, millions for England. But he dealt with it. I thought he played brilliantly. I don't, he didn't put a foot wrong. I was so proud of him. Um, I'm sure we all were. I was nervous watching that England game. I was nervous in the first half when, when I first saw his face pop up when he came out of the tunnel wearing his England top. 
you know, it was such a it's such a great moment for him, for his lovely family, for the club, for the fans, for everybody. And he did himself so proud. He was great. And if, you know, Southgate's going to use a back three, then Cody's in the squad every single time for me. And, you know, if he plays like that, he's got a chance of being in the first team as well, which is wonderful. Just a great achievement. It was fantastic to watch. It was the real highlight of the match. It really, really was. Well, the yeah, it didn't have much competition, did it? <laughs> I mean, it wasn't, no, but he, he didn't put a foot wrong. And his post-match interview, bless his heart, he was just, it's not about me, it's about the performance of the team, but you could just see he was so, so proud. It was so genuine. I think you need that when you're supporting your national team because there's a lot of cynicism around England. But just going back to Nuno's quotes, he, he said about Cody, he said massive beaming smile on his face he said he's such a nice person he said he's a pleasure to have worked with him for three seasons the way he's grown as a player is absolutely amazing and uh, I think all Wolf supporters surely were very very proud of him that night so well done Connor Cody real credit to himself and, and to the club as well this podcast is brought to you by Hims. If you haven't heard of them, they're basically your best mate when it comes to those tricky men's health problems. Balding is an awkward topic for men, yet a lot of us start to lose our hair before we hit 40. And the best way to take control of hair loss is to do something about it while you still have some. Hims was created to make it easier for guys to seek care, especially guys who avoid seeing their doctor in person for awkward health conversations. Not everyone wants to have a personal conversation face-to-face -face with a stranger in a white coat. So, Hims connects you to real doctors online, which could save you hours. It's completely confidential and discreet. You'll get a proper consultation, and they'll give you sound advice on what you can do to help your hair before it's too late. It couldn't be easier for you to book your free consultation. Just go to forhims.co.uk slash athletic. That's F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot co.uk slash athletic. Somebody who's no longer at the club, uh, somebody possibly after the weekend, wishes he was still at the club, particularly after watching that match tonight. And after getting hooked on his debut was Matt Doherty. Now, I know you didn't watch it live, um, but you will have seen the social media noise about Doherty's debut, not necessarily criticising him, but the manager, Jose Mourinho, coming out afterwards, having substituted him and criticising his fitness levels. And Wolves fans were pretty much puzzled you know the, the querying face emoji on social media media as if to say well All has he ever emoji. seen Doherty play as in he plays in a back five he doesn't play in a back four and there's nothing wrong with his fitness um, I mean, yeah, you, you say I would have seen the social media, but I, I was, I was, um, I was in the pub all night, so I actually didn't, see, I didn't see any. <laughs> I think of it. I sent you half of it. <laughs> yeah, you did. Yeah, to be fair. Um, yeah, um, this is it. When you're not going to perform for Mourinho. And then and all of a sudden, you know, you're going to be very worried about what he's saying in the media afterwards. We've seen him have um, public run-ins and spats with players in the past. You know, the Luke Shaw one springs to mind, but he'll be fine. He'll be fine. He just needs to get used to, uh, you know, a slightly new position and a new team. Um, and I, I really hope he does well. And I'm sure Wolves fans do as well. You know, it's always a bit funny when somebody leaves. But um, Nuno wished him very well last week as well. You know, he said we'll miss him, and again, he he's, he said he did absolutely fantastically for us. Um, he just moved on, and you know, if that's a sign of things to come, then then it's going to be a decent decision for us, isn't it, going forward? But um, I, I thought it was a very telling departure. Um, his sale and Vitinha's signing are two kind of um, very interesting moves in the transfer market by Nuno in terms of this evolution, in terms of this style, you know, what we're going to see going forward. So we've seen it before. He's been ruthless. He's let the likes of Costa, Cav, 
Douglas going before and Doherty's the, the latest of them, but every decision Nuno's made has, has pretty much been justified, so um, so you can't argue with his record. Ready for a little flurry of tweets? Oh, yeah. Graham Bathurst, Triori is not a wing-back. We must buy one to go with Burr. Is Matinho starting to look half a yard short? Then Donker in holding role, Neves and Vitinha central. Um, it's interesting that Neves didn't play tonight, but I, th- I, th- I thought yeah. I thought Matinho did okay. I think I think we may see a bit more rotation this season. That's something that Wolves haven't done that well um, under Nuno because he's he prefers a settled eleven. And you know when he tried to rotate at the start of last season, it, it didn't go very well. But we may see more of that. I'd like to see that. I'd like to see players become be fresher. I don't see them. Wanting, I don't want them to be relying on Matinho week after week and Jimenez week after week. You know, ninety minutes every time. So, um, but yeah, his point about Troy stands, you know, his pace is going to get him out of trouble, but obviously he's not a natural defender and he's never going to be. Sam Spencer with tongue firmly in cheek. Just a few more games left of the season. Surely top four is confirmed after today. I don't know if that's taken the mickey out of Wolves fans getting a bit carried away. Uh, Cisco, can we expect to see the new signings more on Thursday against Stoke? Would you expect Cisco. to start? Loving your work. Thong song, wasn't it? Yeah, it was good. Um at the dude Cisco to give him his full title. <laughs> New signings, yeah, I think right wing back will be um, the priority still for the last few weeks. You know that was the last I've heard, and I don't see, particularly after tonight's evidence, that that will have changed. Um, and we'll see where else he wants to bring in. I mean, there was no centre half on the on the bench tonight. You know, Vinagra and, and Oscar Burr were the two defenders. I think I'm right in saying on, on the bench. So you do wonder if he'll want to bring someone in, but he doesn't really do that. He doesn't bring in players just to cover positions, does he, and, and to sit on the bench. We may see another departure or two. I, w- I wouldn't be surprised on that front as well. There are still some senior players knocking round that will need to move on, like Miranda, like Bonatini, like Ryan Bennett. You know, these guys just aren't going to be involved. And a fair few more loan moves. You know, there's quite a lot of work to do in the next few weeks, but Nuno reiterated again tonight after the game. He said the squad is not complete. We need to get bodies in the building. Not an expression you hear at Molyneux, is it? <laughs> yeah. You hear that at St James's Park. You hear that at different places around the country. That's not something you'll ever hear Nuno talk about. Bodies for the sake of it. Talking about Thursday against Stoke, by the way, it's been announced that fans will be able to watch the match live. All matches that aren't on television are going to be streamed. And for Premier League clubs, it's a case of going on the Sky website and paying £10 for a match pass. So that is an option if people want to watch Wolves against Stoke in the EFL Cup. Matt Leatham, question for you. What's happened to Max Kilman? He looked really good last season. Well, he didn't make the bench against Sheffield United. What do you reckon, Tim? Yeah, I guess I guess they had cover um, in Dendonka and Marcel, who could move back to centre-half in case of an injury. And I guess he wanted Oscar Burr and Vinagra for the wing-back options. Um, so I guess he's probably 19th man at the moment. Um, I don't think they can quite afford to let him out on loan just yet. You know, he'll still be ahead of Bennett in the pecking order for me. But, yeah, you bring in a player of Marcel's quality and experience, you know, a Champions League semi-finalist with Leon who plays in the same position and, and it's going to bump him down the pecking order slightly. Going through the tweets, most of them have the letters RWB in. I think it's fair to say most fans yeah. very, very happy with what they've seen. It's just that last piece in the jigsaw before anyone's got any real confidence about this season. Um, or to top off the confidence, really. No, totally. He, he, did, he did well on occasion last season. I mean, Man City away, he marked Sterling out of the game. Uh, and, and then he got sent up front and scored two goals. And a couple of um, Europa League games he did really well. Um, he started off at right back when he when he was a child, you know, many many moons ago. But um, 
I don't think he was disastrous tonight. He, 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 I think he only got caught out once or twice with with players um, getting the getting the nod on him um, and a few yards ahead of him. So he's fine. He's fine for now. I think he'll do fine against Man City next week if he's playing there. Samuel Glover, one could say they've hit the ground running this season. I think that's a good place to leave it. Excellent start for Wolverhampton Wanderers. Excellent start for you in the car park, Tim. How long is it going to take you to get home now? Um, an hour and 40, but my me, me, me windows have all steamed up. People must be wondering what's going on in here. <laughs> well, um, I know what you were doing the night before. <laughs> yeah, I need to. Um, I should probably go before they lock the gates. Before I expand on that. Tim, thank you so much. Safe journey home. Great to hear from you. Glad you managed to get into the game. That was an absolute result. So that was our first podcast of the new season, The Molyneux View. Do subscribe to The Molyneux View if you haven't already. Do subscribe to The Athletic if you haven't already. There's no excuse now. It's only costing £1 per month to get ad-free podcasts, loads of them on all sorts of different subjects. And of course, all of Tim's content with regards to Wolverhampton Wanderers, who have started rather well in the Premier League with a 2-0 win at Sheffield United. We'll be back with you next Tuesday morning on your regular podcast platform at roughly about 6am. Bye for now. Music.